0: Genesis chapter number 19, Genesis 19. Of course, we'll. Uh, if you think of something during the lesson, we'll give you another opportunity after the lesson to share that request, and then we'll close in a season of prayer. Continuing to look at Lot in Sodom. Lot in Sodom. Now, uh, last uh, in our last lesson, of course, we looked at the depraved morality of Sodom, and we looked at the condition of Sodom the city of Sodom. And if you look there at your worksheet, uh, the points that we covered last week was that their streets were polluted, their actions were unnatural, their reasoning was corrupted, and they were enslaved by their desires. And this is the world, or the city, that Lot moved his family into. We've seen uh, last week that Lot chose to tolerate uh, the wickedness of Sodom so he could enjoy the comforts of Sodom. Now as we go through the lesson tonight, there are going to be a lot of similarities and comparisons that you will be able to make between Sodom and between the condition of the world that we live in today. Now, I'm not going to take time to make all of those applications. I will make some. But there is almost a a running comparison that we will be able to see. And so as we go through this, uh, try in your mind to look at these comparisons because the Lord has given us this passage of Scripture as an example and as a warning uh, concerning Christians being separate from the world. Now, some folks uh, get a little confused about this, and they're like, well, how... Can we be separate? Where you know we live amongst? Are we supposed to move out away from society and out away from everybody and live in a little hut and never contact? Is that is that what the Bible teaches? And that's not what the Bible's teaching. Matter of fact, we find examples through the Word of God where God sent people into pagan areas uh, to be a witness. But that person, although they were in that pagan area, did not conform to the pagan area. They didn't adopt the philosophies of the pagan area. Instead, although they were there, they lived separate and they maintained their ideals of God. When when Lot went into Sodom, Lot went into Sodom seeking the comforts of Sodom. He said the plains were well watered. The city was busy and bustling and this looked like the type of place he would like to live. It was a lot more appealing than out in the wilderness where he was with Abraham. And so it was appealing. He wanted the comforts. But in order to get the comforts, uh, he had to accept the philosophy. And when he accepted the philosophy and became a part of the city, as we saw last week, even sitting in the gate, helping make the laws that were protecting the wickedness, Lot was not being a light in Sodom. Lot was allowing himself to become part of Sodom. So whenever we look at this example and we look at it as an example of you and I needing to be separate from the world, I'm not saying that you need to live out in the middle of nowhere where you never see anybody, although that does sometimes have its appeal. That's not what I'm saying the Bible teaches. I'm saying the Bible teaches that we're not to adopt the philosophies of this world that we live in, but as the Bible says, we're to come out from among them and be separate. Uh, We are to be a peculiar people. We're to be a light in a dark world. And so as we look at this, though, we see uh, that Lot went to enjoy the comforts of Sodom, But the result was a man who was drawn in and worn down by the sinfulness of the city to the point that he lost all identity as a godly man both in the city and before his family. You know, never, never should we believe the devil's lie that we are above or stronger than uh, or able to withstand the constant corrosion that sin will bring in a person's life. Many times the devil will try to jump on our shoulder and, and he'll brag us up. He'll say, oh, you're a good Christian. You're a strong Christian. You're close to the Lord. You, you can handle this. Well, the reason he's telling you you can handle it is because he knows if you expose yourself to it, it will wear you down. And so Lot goes into Sodom and sin began to corrode his spiritual, his mental, his physical uh, being. It just began to wear him down. Now, when I think about Lot, I don't think Lot went to Sodom looking for an opportunity to lose his influence as a leader in his home. I don't think that's why he went. He he wasn't looking to lose his influence. I don't believe he went to Sodom anticipating that by putting his children in Sodom, they would grow up to disregard God. And this would would be a good thing. I, I don't believe Lot went with that mindset. I don't believe that Lot ever expected to become so entangled with the affairs of Sodom that he would degrade to a point that he would be willing to sacrifice his daughters for his own safety. I don't think he went realizing he was going to go this far, but it's how sin always works. Sin isn't what attracted Lot to Sodom. It was the comfort. It was the glamour. It was the festivity. It was all the pretty things that the devil puts out in front of sin that attracted Lot to Sodom. He felt like this was a place where his family could have all they wanted in respect to material things. And you know, it's not wrong to desire these things, but it's wrong to obtain them at the expense of yourself and your family. It's not wrong to want a nice home. It's not wrong to want comforts, but it is wrong to obtain them at the expense of our purity. It is always destructive when we prioritize our comforts over and more important than maintaining a life of holiness and godliness. Lot knew that Sodom offered a lot of comforts. That's what drew him. He was aware of the wickedness. Lot was aware of the wickedness of Sodom. But he decided that he would turn a blind eye to the wickedness so he could have what he wanted. I'll just turn a blind eye. I'll not pay attention so I can have what I want. And in doing so, he fell straight into Satan's trap. Uh, Satan knew once he had Lot in Sodom, he would wear down his senses by the constant exposure to wickedness. He would slowly but surely desensitize him uh, with the depraved activity and he would change Lot's mindset so that he would begin to accept what he once despised. Boy, I'm telling you, this is something that we see in our culture to, to a scary proportion. There are things that when I was a kid in school, 25 years ago, was so offensive, you didn't even joke about it in school. If you wanted your nose bloodied, you would joke about it. It was so offensive, it was never brought up. Now it is joked about in churches It's it's scary how the devil, by constantly exposing people to sin, and and let me just throw this in. I'm going to have a hard time not running a lot of rabbit trails tonight, so y'all just be patient with me. The devil doesn't always expose sin as good. He He can present it as bad as long as he's putting it in front of you. You know what, there are some TV shows that present the evil as evil, but you're watching the evil and it will still wear you down and desensitize you to the evil. And so the devil, he he knew if he could get Lot inside him, he would be able to wear him down. He'd be able to desensitize him. He also also knew that although he would have to wear Lot down gradually, boy, I'm telling you, I almost wanted to bring the CG3 crew up for this tonight. Although he knew he'd have to wear Lot down gradually, he knew that Lot was bringing his children. Now Lot knew God. Lot had worshipped with Abraham. Lot was aware of what was right and what was wrong, so the devil was going to have to wear him down. He was going to have to desensitize him. But coming with Lot were children (coughs) with wide-open minds. Minds that were impressionable, minds that were ready to receive, minds that were ready to hear, and the devil knew that there wasn't going to be no desensitizing with the children. They were wide open and ready to accept whatever he fed them. And so the devil knew that this was going to be very easy to transform, to convert to a lot's children. They were going to drink in everything they saw. They were going to digest everything. Satan wasn't going to have to brainwash the children. Nope, he simply had to educate them and they would be his. As I said, there's a ton of comparisons here. All he had to do was educate them and they were his. You know, when they first came to the city, Lot had came out of the wilderness with Abraham. He's interested in the comforts of the city, but I'm sure as they began to see the extent of the wickedness, I have no doubt that there were things that the first time Lot seen it or was exposed to it, Lot would Lot would turn his head. Ah, mm, ah. It, we've been guilty of doing that too. The first time, <clears throat> after a while, Lot began to just ignore it and it didn't bother him. But when Lot came into the city and Lot seen something offensive and Lot was like, oh, man, don't look at that. You know what his kids were doing? They were drinking it in. They were drinking it in. Lot is wondering, why why are my kids so affected? I turned my head. Yeah, but you didn't turn your kids' heads. And while you were turning your head, they were drinking it in and allowing it to mold them and form them and shape them. This is the effect of sin. This is why it's so important that we guard our children's hearts. You you may look away from the billboard going down the road, but they're going to be reading everything on it. You may understand that that the advertisement showing all the glamour associated with alcohol isn't true. But your kid doesn't know that it isn't true and they are drinking in that glamorous pitcher and the devil is planting in their heart a desire that until they satisfy that curiosity, it's going to eat at them. That's why we got to be vigilant, vigilant, vigilant. Uh, Going down the road with my dad as a kid was uh, (coughs) interesting. Interesting. He'd be like, don't look at that, boy. Don't look at that. That's a lie, son. That's a lie. That's not how it works, son. I mean, every billboard was another sermon, another sermon. Like, look right there. Look there. They're advertising tobacco. See that small print? That small print says tobacco will kill you, son. Don't drink. Don't you? I mean, every billboard, I mean, he was making sure that it was not getting into my heart, that I wasn't getting some kind of secret desire. <clears throat> and we got to be careful. Many times we think, oh, oh, just, oh, I'm not looking at that. Make sure your kids aren't drinking it in because the devil, as we will see in this lesson, he takes advantage of that opportunity. <clears throat> Lot went to Sodom to be a part of a Sodom. And as a result, he lost everything that mattered in Sodom. So as we get into this chapter, as we get into the remainder of this chapter, we're going to take a couple of minutes to look at the degenerate mentality of of Sodom. The degenerate mentality of Sodom will be starting in verse number 12 and going down through the end of the chapter. We'll read just a couple of verses and then we'll get into the lesson. Verse number 12, it says, And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou any here besides son-in-law, thy sons, thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his son-in-law. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. While he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. That's a very important phrase right there. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. Let's pray and we'll get into the lesson. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, as we look at this very sober, very serious passage of Scripture, Lord, I pray that you will help us, Lord, to heed the warning. Lord, to to see what it is that... You are revealing to us through this story of Lot. And Father, Lord, that we will heed the warning. And Father, Lord, that we will learn to be vigilant. Lord, that we are not becoming a part of this world, but instead are continuing to be a light in this world. Thank you for your goodness to us. Bless us during this lesson. Blessing the uh, King's Kids and the CG3, the team program tonight. I pray to Lord that you'll bless and be with each one that is down there. And Father, we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. And amen. Whenever we look at Sodom, we see that Sodom had a degenerate morality or degenerate mentality there in Sodom. The philosophy uh, that governed the affairs of Sodom was a degenerate mentality. And whenever we look at the world that we live in today, the philosophy that governs the world we live in today is a degenerate mentality. It is coming from Un-Christian men, it is coming from unregenerated hearts. Uh, Therefore, it is not geared toward the things of God. This philosophy in Sodom was a a sinful mentality. Uh, But in order to be accepted in Sodom, in order to be accepted in Sodom, it was necessary to accept the philosophy of Sodom. Now this is very true in our world today. If you are going to be accepted in this world, you've got to be willing to accept the philosophy of this world or else you will always stand out as an oddball. You've got to be willing to accept the philosophy of Sodom. This world. A few examples. Uh, When I was just a a young man, I was 18 years old. I went to work at a, a tie plant, made railroad ties the same as the one in Goshen, just the West Virginia branch, and I was working there at the tie plant. And it came lunchtime. I went into the lunchroom and sat down to eat. And all over the walls were all these pictures and language and stuff that had been written all over the walls. And I just gathered my lunchbox up and went and sat in my truck and ate my lunch. Well, somebody asked me, said, why are, you, why, why are you not eating in the lunchroom? I said, I can't sit in there amongst all that wickedness. And you know what? I immediately was marked as an oddball. Immediately. I left that job and went to work at a sawmill. I was working at the sawmill, got along well with the guys at the sawmill. And the head sawyer, he was the likableest guy you've ever seen in your life. And uh, he came over to me one time, and, and he, he was being used to the devil, didn't realize it though, but he pulled out his snuff can. He's like, John, I like you. He said, but I see you don't dip. He said, it's good stuff. You ought to try a little bit. I said, uh-uh. He's like, why not, man? All of, you're the only one here that don't dip. Why don't you have a little bit? I, I'll give you this can. I'm like, I don't want nothing to do with that stuff. I ain't having nothing to do with it. Why? I said, that stuff will rot your lip out. It'll kill you. It's dishonoring to God. I don't want it. And immediately at that job, I became the oddball, and we could go on and on and on. When I worked at the car lot, if we had a good month, they liked to celebrate, and uh, after the closing time, somebody would bring in two or three cases of beer, and, and they'd want you to drink beer, and, and I'm like, hey, I'll see y'all, y'all uh, behave yourself. I'm going home. I'm not staying for this, and one fellow said, John, come back here. Come back here, John. Come back Come back, and it was a month I had done uh, really well and was one of the top two or three salesmen there. And They're like, you know, you're part of the reason we're able to celebrate. Come on back. He said, here, just just drink one. I said, no, I'm not going to drink one. He said, I'll give you a $100 bill if you'll drink this. I said, I don't need your $100 bill. I'm going home. Y'all behave yourself. I'll see you Monday. And immediately, I was made fun of Now, I got along well with the people there, and I didn't let the the mockery get to me, but they mocked me on a daily basis because I wouldn't have anything to do with alcohol. You'll be marked as an oddball. If you're going to be accepted in Sodom, you have to accept the philosophy of Sodom. And when Lot went to Sodom, he wanted to be accepted in Sodom, and therefore, he adopted the philosophy of Sodom. But you never, ever adopt a worldly philosophy without affecting any and every spiritual component you have. And this is what happened to Lot. When we look at Lot in Sodom, there are several things we notice about him. First, we see his powerless faith. His powerless faith. We see this there in verse 12 down through verse number 22. Lot was a believer. The Bible tells us that Lot was a believer. And when the angel said that God was going to destroy the city, excuse me, Lot recognized the seriousness of the situation. Lot realized, "Uh uh-oh, this is serious. I've not been paying a lot of attention to God. I've not been spending much time with God. I've, matter of fact, pretty much forgot about God. But when these angels told me that God's going to destroy the city, I understand that this is serious business. God is able to destroy a city. God doesn't like what's going on. This is very likely really going to come to pass. Lot recognized the seriousness of the situation. He realized the importance of warning others, uh, as the angels had said. So Lot made his way through the city streets, which this is interesting. Just after he had finally got the angels in his house, and the people are still outside, you know, trying to get in. Lot leaves the house and goes through the streets. He goes to find his daughters and his son-in-laws and and he's, he's going to warn them. And he relayed the warning, I believe, with a spirit of soberness, with genuine concern. He was serious. I believe that Lot believed what the angels had said and he's doing his best to warn his family. But because of Lot's lifestyle up to this point, his faith was powerless. His faith was powerless. We see it first in considering this powerless faith that he had a laughable testimony. A laughable testimony. In verse number 14, it says, And Lot went out and spake unto his sons in law, which were married to his daughters, and, or which had married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons in law. I believe Lot went in sincerity. I believe Lot understood the danger. I believe Lot was sincerely trying to warn, God's going to judge. But they laughed. He seemed like he was mocking. This is a weird weird joke you're trying to pull on us, Lot. What is this all about? Why are you coming over here trying to talk all this? But I want you to notice something. The text says that he seemed as one that mocked to his sons-in-law. Now, I find this interesting. (coughs) It could be that Lot's daughters remembered a time when Lot wasn't backslidden. It could be his daughters remembered a time when Dad prayed with Uncle Abraham. It could be that they remembered a time when Dad offered up sacrifices. It could be that they remember playing in the the tent and hearing Lot and Abraham talk about God and judgment and righteousness and holiness. and They remember these conversations from when they were small. But there was a problem. Lot had brought them to Sodom. And Lot, through his laxity in his own faith, had encouraged his daughters to accept and adopt the philosophies of Sodom. Lot hadn't warned them of the dangers of intermarrying into a society that rejected God. And now his daughters had married men of Sodom. They had adopted the mentality of Sodom, and the result had become a, a, a person that was blind to a spiritual truth. He seemed as one that mocked. Lot tried to convince him, but because of his own backslidden state, he had no power to convince him. He had no power to convey the Word of God. It's a sobering thought to think, and we'll consider this more as we go, it's a sobering thought to think that there may come a day when I recognize that God's going to judge but I have allowed my spiritual state to decline to such a point that my I can't even warn my loved ones. Here's where Lot found himself, powerless in his faith. What heartbreak, what heartbreak Lot must have felt as he left the house that day. Lot knew judgment is coming. Lot knew <clears throat> my children in that house are going to burn and there's nothing I can do about it. My desire for the things of the world brought them here and my backslidden state has rendered me useless to get them out of here and they are going to burn and it's my fault. Sobering, sobering thought. In addition to his laughable testimony, I also see Lot's powerless faith demonstrated in his own longing to stay. And Boy, I tell you, this this part just just baffles my mind. But if you look in verse number 15, it says, And when the morning arose, the angels hastened lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Look at verse 16. And while he lingered. They're like, Oh, get out. We're going to destroy it. It's time to go. You've got to go. And he lingered. Lingered To the point they had to lay hold upon his hand and drag him out. Lot had a longing to stay in the city. He knew God was going to judge. He knew in order to save his life he had to flee, but he was unwilling. It was almost to the point that he valued the comforts and the pleasures that he had found in Sodom more than he valued his own life. He longed to stay. He was unwilling to turn loose. Boy, I've seen people in this state, whenever they clearly recognize... I witnessed to a fellow a couple months ago. He clearly recognized that his sin was destroying. He clearly recognized, articulated it back to me clearly that unless he accepted Christ... He was on his way to hell. He said, but the only thing that I enjoy in life is my sin. Therefore, I can't accept Christ. Knowing, told me, the doctor said, this is going to kill you. But I would rather have my fun. And I pleaded with him. I'm like, but, but Christianity is so much better. You'll gain, you won't lose. He's like, the only enjoyment I have in life is my sin. I would rather have my sin. Here we see Lot had backslidden to a state. He knew judgment was coming. Common sense would say, run for your life, but he's lingering. He's there in the house. He's lingering. He's longing to stay. Not only do I see that he's longing to stay, but I see his faith was powerless also. In verse 17 down through verse number 20, specifically verse number 19, I see that his faith was powerless because not only that, but Lot was lacking in discernment. You know, many times you'll hear preachers talk about it, and if you've been a Christian very long, you have experienced a spiritual discernment. A spiritual discernment is when the Holy Spirit tells you, that's a bad idea, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't go there, you need to watch out for that person. It's the Holy Spirit guiding to direct you. It's spiritual discernment that helps us know what we should and should not do. But whenever you get away from God, when you get backslidden, you get away from the Word of God. You quench the Spirit, you grieve the Spirit. You get away from God. The discernment leaves, and you are just as just as capable of following the trends of the world as the lost people are, because you no longer have that discernment. We see here. We see here in verse seventeen, the Bible says, "And it came to pass." When they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, "This is the angel. Escape for thy life! Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed." And Lot said to them, "Oh, not so, my lord! First he lingered, and now he's now he's uh, arguing. <clears throat> Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight." <clears throat> Don't people always try to overuse the grace of the Lord? I found grace in thy sight and thou hast magnified thy mercy which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life and I cannot escape to the mountain lest some evil take me and I die. Behold, now this city is near to flee unto and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one and my soul shall live. You know what? When you are more frightened by nature than you are by sin, You have came to a very terrible spiritual state. Lot said, oh, don't, don't send me to the mountain. Don't send me to the mountain. Some evil might befall me in the mountain. Lot, the hand of God is stretched over the entire valley. He is getting ready to destroy the entire valley with fire. What evil could you face in the mountain that is greater than what is here? But he said, oh, please don't make me go to the mountain. Uh, there's some evil might befall me. God had his mercy has came and drug you out of the city. Now you think he's going to throw you on a mountain to die? No, it's evident that God... God is taking care of you. God is pr- protecting you. But you are so blinded that you don't even have any discernment. Oh, please let me stay in the city. It's the only place I can feel safe. You know, a recent study, <clears throat> and this, this is just a little extra for you. recent study said that they have found out that in recent times when a person loses their cell phone, the amount of terror and trauma that their body experiences is equal to a near-death experience. Oh, please don't take my cell phone, Lord. <laughs> and let me, I mean, don't send me to the mountain where there's no Wi-Fi. This is a little city. Let me stay there. I'm telling you what, we get attached to our comforts. We get attached to our comforts. I read that. I'm like, I'm just going to turn mine off for a week and just done with that thing. Then I remembered y'all might want to call me, so turned it back on. We see here, though, that he'd, he'd lacked in discernment. He said, let me stay in the city, lest some evil take me in the mountain. In addition to his powerless faith, I see the effect of Sodom also when I look at Lot's perverted family. I look at Lot's perverted family. When Lot went to Sodom, the Bible says he saw the plains of Jordan, that they were well-watered everywhere. Lot had one thing on his mind. That would be good for me. And he didn't consider the effect that it was going to have on his family to take them to Sodom. He focused on the comforts, but lost his family to the corruption. And I see that this is true, first of all, when we look at his family's worldly attachment, his family's worldly attachment. Even in the face of judgment, Lot himself didn't want to give up the comforts in sinful life had provided him. Even in the face of judgment, he was attached to what he had. In verse 20, Behold, now this city is near to flee unto. Oh, let me escape thither. He didn't want to give up the comforts. He was attached to the world. But far more sobering than that, Is in verse number 26. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Now when we look at this, of course, there's a lot of questions surrounding all that this comprises here in this verse. But we do know that the angel said, flee, don't look behind you. Flee, get out of here. The warning... The statement, don't look behind you, was not a threat. It was not a, we dare you to do this or we're going to punish you. It was a warning. This city is falling under such severe judgment that if you hesitate or pause long enough to turn around and look back at it, you are going to suffer the consequences of that judgment. You're going to reap it. And you know, a lot of times when we look at sin, and God judges sin, don't mistake, God judges sin. But sin, God has warned us against it because sin carries its own natural repercussion. You commit sin, you are going to reap these consequences. God does not have to order Gabriel or Michael to come down here and administer the consequences. They are a natural repercussion of the sin. Therefore, God fills his word with warnings to stay away from the sin because if you, if you get involved in this sin, here's what's going to happen. God said when he took Lot and his daughters and his wife out of Sodom, he said, run, run, run. Don't stop and look back because if you stop and look back, it's going to cost you. Run. It was a warning. But his wife looked back. Now we see that The angels had to take Lot and his wife and his daughters by the hand and drag them out of the city, drug them out, sent them on the way. His wife left the city physically, but she remained in her heart. And even as the angels were dragging her away from the flames, consuming the city, she stopped and turned around and looked back, longing, longing for the life that she had there. You know, I wonder about some folks who claim to be Christians. How they're going to feel when the trumpet sounds. Are they going to be like Lot's wife? I'm leaving it all behind. Let me tell you, there was nothing left inside. But she was still longing for it. His family had a worldly attachment. I see his perverted family also in their wayward mentality. Their wayward mentality. In verse uh, thirty, the Bible says, "And Lot went up out of Zoar. That was the little city. Which I find this interesting: that he begged to go to the city, and then when he seen the extent of the judgment, he left the city. See, the angels had the right idea all along. But he left uh, Zoar, and he dwelt in the mountain, and his two daughters with him. For he feared to dwell in Zoar, and he dwelt in a cave. He and his two daughters." Verse number 31, and the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there's not a man in the earth to come in after us, unto us, after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him that we may preserve seed of our father. These verses tell the sad story of the mentality of Sodom. Remember when I started, I said those kids were just drinking it in, drinking it in, drinking it in. They tell the story of the sad story of the mentality of Sodom that had been so thoroughly absorbed by Lot's daughters that they couldn't even reason correctly. Their reasoning had been so distorted. These verses show us Lot drunk and dishonored, and his daughters behaving in a way that, although wicked, would have won the applause of anyone dwelling in Sodom. The way they were behaving was wicked. It was vile. And you and I read the passage of Scripture and and it bothers us even to read the passage, but this is something the citizens of Sodom would have applauded. Good job. Way to think outside the box. You did good. Lot didn't realize he was allowing Sodom to warp their minds. We look at these uh, two daughters of Lot. There was no thought of God. There was no knowledge of His Word. There was no concern for His will. There was no concept of His care. There was no prayer. There was no thought that what they were proposing was morally wrong. Lot's daughters were completely, get this, completely immoral. The daughters of a man who knew God. Completely immoral behaving like pagans because although their father did know God, his daughters were pagans because he had allowed a pagan world to raise them. And then lastly, we see that Lot had lost his family when we consider their wicked behavior. They acted on their thoughts, and they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay yesternight with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also. And go thou in and lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child about their father. These two girls had no mental barrier. Their conscience had been seared. There was no moral compass. No one had instructed them concerning righteousness. Lot and his wife had been so caught up with pursuing their own comforts and their own pleasures in their life that they had left the education of their children to a godless society. And a man who knew God had godless children in his home because he gave his responsibility to a godless society. They knew they had to get dad drunk because although dad had backslidden and wasn't living a very godly life himself, they knew that he would have objections to what they were going to do. But they had no objection. None whatsoever. They had no thought of God, had no thought of His Word because Lot hadn't taken time to train them concerning the things of God. Instead, Lot had just busied himself with enjoying Sodom. We see here that these two daughters had an idea. It formulated in their mind and they saw no reason to refrain from it. There was no shame, no sorrow, no sense of sin, no concept of the holiness of God, just downright wickedness and they performed it as if it was completely normal, which is no surprise because it was normal in Sodom. You know what? We shouldn't be surprised if kids raised in Sodom act like they're from Sodom. The behavior of Sodom's daughters was exactly the behavior one would expect from children raised and educated in the schools of a godless society. Lot conformed to the world. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 12, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Lot was conformed to the world. And because he conformed to the world, everything that mattered to Lot went up in smoke. He went to Sodom thinking this would be better for his family. Then everything he cared about was lost. The last record we have of Lot, he's laying in a cave, drunk, dishonored, defiled, and we hear no more about him. He conformed to the world and he paid the price. The story of Lot, I believe, is recorded in the Word of God as a warning to all believers Not to love the world, not to become friendly with the world, uh, uh, not to be staying with the world, uh, because there is coming a day when we will reap what we sow. The story of Lot. A man who went to Sodom and lost it all. Boy, I tell you, there's so much more we could get into on this. But if I could say nothing else, let's just take this as a warning. And just because the world or society says it's okay doesn't mean it's okay. Doesn't mean it's okay. There are, there are slews of children's movies being produced that are harmless and fun, that have underlying messages throughout And adults watch them shows and they naively think, my kid isn't even picking up on this. Oh, I see what they did there. The kids didn't notice that. Oh, yes, they did. And the movie makers know how to present it in such a way, being influenced by Satan himself, to transform and conform their hearts and minds so that when they are grown, there will be godless children in godly homes. We've got to be careful. Are we teaching our children the things of God? Are we making sure that we are drinking in the things of God? Are we allowing ourselves to be desensitized by the activities of Sodom? Not the type of teaching that we always like to hear, but it's the type of teaching we need to hear when we live in a world that is turning its back on God. So hopefully that was a help to you definitely a challenge definitely definitely makes me want to reconsider what am i doing why are doors are open what do I need to close how can I make sure that I'm staying right and holy before God and so hopefully we'll take it as a warning and pay attention to it anyone has have-